the opportunity worksheet is simply a systematic way we train the consultants how to identify those assets. And so there's a series of questions that the, the opportunity worksheet guides the consultant through so that he doesn't miss any of the asset. Because the proposal then that you're trained in solving the business owner's problem is leveraging those assets into a marketing system. That's why it's so different from anybody else. Any traditional advertiser or traditional marketing consultant doesn't care about the business's hidden marketing assets. They just want to sell more advertising, and they want to sell more direct mail, or they want to sell more coupons, or they want to sell more billboard space, or more radio, or more newspaper. You're going in and saying, hey, I don't need any of that, but I do need to take you through a series of questions to see if you have what I call marketing assets. Then I'll take those assets, and I will systematically leverage them into a marketing system to create increases for you. So that, in a nutshell, is what separates our consultants from everybody else. From your experience, how long have you found it takes you for that initial meeting when you take that business owner through the opportunity analysis worksheet? It's about an hour. Do you need a laptop to take them through that system, or can you do this all on paper? It's all on paper. You don't need a laptop. Uh, what you'll do then is take the information gathered from the opportunity session and create a outline of marketing steps that you're recommending for the client. Now, you've got a sales background. This opportunity analysis worksheet is a well-thought-out sales system. Would you agree? Yeah, that's why it was created, is I knew that if someone else who wanted to be a marketing consultant might not have the sales background, that we'd have to create a almost word-for-word presentation. And that's in the opportunity analysis. So it's there almost word-for-word if they want to. And in fact, early on, I did. Early on, I had to take it, what I had been writing down, and actually say, oh, Mr. Owner, excuse me for a minute. I'm just going to go through a sheet here that I have and make sure I cover everything. They go, oh, sure, no problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really what it was for me was a cheat sheet. And you have you have the script of exactly what to say from the time you get in there. That's right. And you just read it off of the paper. That's right. Here's a question from Jordan. What do you find is the number one objection people have to hiring a marketing consultant? I'd say there's a close tie between two. One is the feeling that, oh, I'm doing fine. I can do this myself. And then second, I don't want to invest the money. So those two are probably your top. Now, if you've got a guy who says, I don't want to invest the money, you've got a sales background, do you have an answer for that? Or do you pretty much know if this guy doesn't want to invest the money, yeah. it ain't going to happen? It's one of the purposes of the opportunity of a questionnaire that we train you is to show him the money. Mm-hmm. Before you ask him to invest, you've got to show him where the money's going to come. In part of that hour presentation, you're illustrating for him ways he can make more money. So that at the end, if he doesn't see a small investment he's going to pay you, isn't going to bring him the returns that you've described, then two things. One is you haven't made the sale, or you really didn't show him the money, or he doesn't have the money and doesn't want to spend it regardless of how much you could show him. And you're using his numbers to come up with the figures, right? Absolutely. 
Is that a challenge when you're asking them for gross sales? No, they're usually very open with that. They have those numbers pretty much down? Maybe, Mike, this would help illustrate. Let's Mm -hmm. say I'm talking to a business owner, and I ask him the question. I say, so you have two salespeople, and he says yes. What is their conversion rate, or how many people are they closing right now? And he says, well, I think they're closing about two out of ten. And I said, well, that's great. If my marketing system that I'll help implement into your business could raise that from two to three out of ten, can you see how much more money that would make you? And he says, oh, yeah, that would be great. Well, that's what our marketing system will help you do. It will help you raise that conversion rate from two to three, and you can see then how that might make you another $100,000 a year. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah, I can see that. So, see, I'm showing him how he's going to be making a lot of money. So it really shouldn't be an objection if you've done your presentation right. You got it. That's right. How many can you close? Give me some numbers. You set up 100 appointments. How many appointments are you going to end up seeing? How many are you going to close? And how many are you going to stick with it? Out of 10 appointments, my closing rate right now is about 5 out of 10. So I have about a 50% conversion rate. However, early on in the beginning, I would expect that a beginning consultant should hold about a 20 to 30% conversion rate. So if you're seeing 10 appointments a week, then you should pick up two to three clients a week. Those two to three clients you should be servicing for four to six or seven months if you're doing your job. So you'll keep a client up that long. Well, that means then that at the end of four or five months, you're going to be finished with a client and you better have the replacement. That's why, again, the emphasis on marketing 25% of your week all the time. And people say, well, well, Richard, then you're going to get full and you don't have enough. I can tell you from experience, you're never full enough. And if I am by chance, then I simply tell a client, I can't start with them right now, but I could at X date. Or it gives me the luxury of saying, I could start with you now, but the fee would have to be X. And I raise my fee, you see. So... Consultants somewhat have to create the demand that then will generate and justify a fee. Well, one of the attractive benefits that other business and marketing consultant opportunities are offering is a residual income. And from what you're saying is contingency isn't the focus on your program, but you did say there is an opportunity for that. So a question from Larry from Florida is how do you develop a residual income from your marketing consulting practice? Well, that is a great question, and there are a lot of different ways to develop. In fact, one of our consultants in Chicago area, Steve is his name, he took this training, and he immediately began to work with small businesses, and he charged a fee to begin with, and then he began to take part ownership of a company. How do you do that? Give me an example of what he did. What he did is he went in and said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and lower my fees to get involved my marketing system into your business, but then I would like to work out a percentage of ownership in the company. And so here's a consultant then that's taken some ownership in companies, and he's told us that it's created his retirement. And And it's a lot safer than some contingency deal. Exactly. He's got ownership. And he said the other day that he's actually created his retirement. So residual opportunities are there. It's just, I think, each consultant mindset. How do they want to use the system? 
Do they want to use it with a few clients and get heavily involved and maybe even become a part owner? Or maybe find some contingency opportunity? So the system is such that I think the personality of the consultants could be a driving use of the system. Here's a question from Lee. How can you make more in consulting fees with less paperwork in report writing? Is there a lot of report writing in this? There really isn't. The system teaches you how to generate a course and outline, or I don't like to use the word proposal. Uh, one thing that we teach you is you've got to be able to go into the client and then respond back in your proposal to the client directly. You can't come back with a generic proposal. You've got to come back with a system outline that hits the points that you uncovered in your opportunity analysis. So that's why every outline is going to be different for each prospect. So there is that. After that, you're getting paid to service the client. and Any other writing or any other report generating is going to be paid for as part of the system. And you have these outlines in the system? Right. Here's a question from Dave. By giving the prospect good value through educating them at the first meeting with the agenda you've created through the answers the prospect gave in response to the questions that you had gone over in the opportunity analysis worksheet, how do you not give them enough information so that they would tend to want to do it on their own. One of the marketing principles that Jay taught me that I've seen come true is you can tell a prospect a lot of things to do, but it all comes down to execution. And he is not trained to execute. In fact, if I were to say the number one reason clients will retain a marketing consultant it's less for what they told him he's going to do and more for that he's going to do it. In other words, for the execution. The marketing content in the system is really not new. It's been around and used successfully for years. And so they know a lot of this stuff. The business owner already knows he should be doing it. He hasn't been doing it. So by coming to him with a system and your ability to execute, that's what he's going to buy. Yeah, you're going to do it for him. Yeah, because he's probably bought books before. He's probably maybe hired someone before that he thought would do it, and it's still not done. Here's a question from Bonnie. Richard, do you deal with clients who won't take your advice? In other words, they hire you because you're an expert and they need your help. Then, when you advise them on what to do, they disagree and think their way is better. Should you just fire them or compromise or do what they want because the customer is always right? Part of the upfront psychological contract is what I've heard it referred to. I'm going to recommend certain marketing steps, Mr. Business Owner, and uh, I'm going to make sure that we get them executed. I do need your total support behind that. Otherwise, my guarantee is, is void. I'm guaranteeing to you that the system will perform, but unless everything is done the way I say it should be done and in the manner that I recommend it should be done, uh, I can't guarantee my performance. And so if you want to change it, if you want to do something else, 
or if you say, I don't want to do this, then it just voids our guarantee. Is that okay? Cover all of that ahead of time. Now, certainly uh, there's going to be cases, and I've had them. I've had clients who have paid me, and some of the marketing hasn't worked, and yet the reason they know it hasn't worked is they haven't done their part. So I've still fulfilled my guarantee, but the results didn't necessarily happen, yet they recognize it was because they didn't do their part. Do you have a specific script or format that you use when asking for referrals? And if so, what is it? Do you have different approaches when seeking referrals from non-clients as opposed to clients? At what point in the relationship do you start asking? Now, this would be for your building your marketing consulting practice. The place that you might ask for referrals is going to be different with every client. Sometimes my clients are so excited after step one that I can ask for referrals. Sometimes it takes three or four months before things start working and start generating that I can ask for referrals. It, the, really, the right answer is that it's, it's kind of whenever the client gives you a buying signal. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And that might be at any point in the steps. And how would you do it? What would you say? And I would say, listen, I'm, I'm excited that this is working for us. You feel like it's working for your business. And they say yes. And I will especially ask for referrals from a client who has other small businesses as clients. And I'll say something like, well, would it be okay if maybe we sponsored or if you'd like to sponsor a little workshop for some of your clients that I could share these marketing ideas with some of them? And so I've done sponsored workshops as a way to to generate referrals. So they'll send out something to their list, a letter or a mail, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you've got that in the system? Right. So you can generate referrals through a seminar, or they might give you just, do you have one or two business associates that you think this might work for and that I could use your name in approaching Mm-hmm. And they might give me one or two referrals. Yeah. How much are you using referrals in your consulting oh, process? Right now, I would say that 80% of my income has come from referrals because I've built up enough relationships where I get referrals. These are with groups and associations that we'll train you on how to set up some of these same relationships. Give me an example of one of the workshops you did. Elko, Nevada is one good example. We did a workshop there and then ended up selling both one-on-one consulting services as well as selling some of the uh, web coaching services, and so uh, that was very successful. I've also done a lot of the uh, workshops for chambers of commerce who have these luncheons, and they've sponsored uh, me as a speaker Almost always I'll get clients from those workshops. So the seminar, and you get all of this in your training, is very powerful because it's a good balance of teaching but not giving them too much. It always intrigues them enough that they want to follow up with a consultation from Here's a question from Mike. Where do you see small business growth in the future, and where will a small business marketing consultant be seeing the biggest areas of growth to tap into, specific areas, niches, markets, or services. Any ideas on that? Well, the Internet uh, definitely is a big area. I see that growing. I see more and more of my own clients uh, over time are getting involved in the Internet, so I'm having more opportunity with them as they build their business models or change their business models to accommodate the Internet. 
but what's neat is the system, whether it's, it's with a brick and mortar company or the internet, it still applies. So all steps of the marketing consulting you could do, you could do either with a web-based company or a brick and mortar company. So I see that as a big one. You know, retail is struggling, and so retail is an opportunity. These small mom and pop retail stores are getting beat up by Walmart. They're getting beat up by the big Home Depots, and all of those big box companies are threatening them. And so they're looking for answers. They're looking for help. I think another big opportunity is going to be more and more small business owners are starting their own businesses. They're buying franchises, and sometimes the franchise has all the marketing laid out for them, but sometimes they don't. Uh, I'm working right now with a franchise client that just doesn't feel he's getting any help from headquarters. So there's going to be a lot of uh, people getting into business by themselves again. That, that whole sector is growing. So those are the opportunities I see. Here's a question from Margot. Although no two businesses are exactly alike, generally speaking, what are the three surest methods of immediately increasing profits in a small business? I would say the three are, number one, creating a really good, unique selling proposition and then integrating that into all of their current marketing processes. Give me an example. I worked with a client that was in the employee leasing business. He was the owner, a sole owner, and he had five salespeople. Well, sales were not doing as well as he would have liked. And so he hired me as a consultant to create a unique selling proposition. So we did that. And part of that process is asking the owner what he really thinks his unique selling proposition is. And so I got that from the owner. Well, in step two, you go about integrating that unique selling proposition into all of the sales process. What did he come up with as his unique selling proposition? Okay, he said, Richard... I don't sell life insurance. I don't sell health insurance. I save a small business owner time and energy in complying with all of the legal rules of business. I said, so so really you're not selling product. You're not selling payroll services. You're selling time and energy and liability for the business owner. You're taking away all of these things so he doesn't have to deal with them. And he said, yeah, that's what my USP is. Well, I went and asked his five salespeople what they sold, and they were not selling that. Instead, they were selling health insurance or 401Ks or payroll service. Well, the minute we got the owner's unique selling proposition integrated into the sales pitch of the five salespeople, we increased their closing rate from 20 to 40% and increased their revenues from 60 to $90 million. Wow. It was phenomenal. One, that's just one thing. That's just one thing. So to answer her question, there's number one, and that is getting a good, unique selling proposition from the very beginning and getting it integrated. A second way to see money real quickly is improving the sales performance of salespeople, and that's done by giving them a good, unique selling proposition and then maybe doing some basic sales training. A third quick way... Do you cover sales training in your system? Yes. In fact, we have a module in there that is a sales training module that they can use as part of their 
consulting. And I don't have to be an expert at it. All I've got to do is follow along? Just follow the outline. The third way that would be fast is, a, is the customer base. I've seen a lot of money raised quickly by reactivating inactive customers. Give me an example from one, maybe one of your uh, old clients. Yeah, I had a doctor who was in the weight control business. In other words, he would advise patients on how to lose weight. And he had his own product, his own protein drinks and cookies and things that were used in helping his patients lose weight. Well, he had about 500 patients that he had taken care of over the years, probably 50 to 100 that were active at any one time. And I said, well, what's happened to the other 400? He said, well, I don't know. So we put together a little simple letter to reactivate those patients, and his revenues went up 25% in 30 days. So that's a big and fast and can be a very quick way to money. So those are your three. Would you be willing to share with my listeners a series of 15 or 20 case studies that you've experienced in your consulting business? Oh, you bet. We'll save that for another recording. I really appreciate you taking the time and handle all these questions from all my subscribers. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure.